Hello and thank you for returning. If you are returning to these podcasts, please do um, subscribe to them, um, like them and comment to your heart's content. Uh, you can also tweet me at Tea and Toast. Uh, thank you for listening to this particular podcast about social media and I suppose in particular Twitter. I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter in particular. And it's not really a love-hate, actually. That's going quite extreme. I, I just got a love-love for Twitter. I do love it completely. I think that I have issues with it sometimes when I'm busy. I mean, if you're working, it's different. And if your brand is your business, then you might be forced to have a brand strategy or a content strategy as such. And so typically you might find people just logging on and off and on. And I think no matter what, whether you're, you're individual or business, that there is a, a little bit of advice that um, I want to share with you. And it's it's going to shock you, but essentially it's stop. Don't tweet. Have a look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. So coming back to my experience, um, I'm sort of having a look at lots of different bits here and there. And I tend to find that with my particular workflow, and it's the same in business, it's the same if you're working, you would work and work and you sort of get lost in the day-to-day of things. And social media is one of those things where it's integrated itself, it's sold itself into business so much so you pay people to do it separately. And that's great, but even they have other things to do. To pay someone to just do that doesn't really exist. Um, You've got a whole bunch of responsibilities. So often we tend to devise a content strategy because we know it's needed and we know that you, you need to put something out there. So what tends to happen in social media of any platform is uh, people have uptake with you as a business brand or person and they then get to know more about you and what's interesting is if you're starting up or if you're starting up uh, to develop your audience then you would see an increase naturally and that might be three or one or zero might just be interactions it might be thousands it depends on Uh, if you're national or what your company is. So I think that it's interesting to see how you might initially then go for it. And after a while of going for it, if you have been, if you are in this position now of updating social media, media, then this is really where I'm at with you. And this is where I'm coming in is saying that at this point, you're on your train. And it's now time to rethink and stop the train or just alter course slightly. And there's been many times, not just now, it has happened now, but over the years where I've done it personally and uh, for organisations without them knowing and where we'd miss a tweet 
I would just wouldn't do one. But the three o'clock one is quite important. So if you have been doing morning and afternoon ones and then the three o'clock one or and then the evening one, then people are used to your tweets. People are used to seeing you. So they know that you're there. But when you're not there, do they know you're not there? Not really, because everyone else gets a bit of that pie. Everyone else gets in and there'll be other things that they look at. But maybe they don't look at stuff. Maybe maybe they're quite smart like me. Maybe they just get notifications. Um, and actually, I can't really do a separate podcast about this, so I might as well mention it now. But I actually did a test. And um, the test shows that, particularly through WhatsApp, but I'm assuming this is the case for all of them. If you follow someone on Twitter on your phone or, and you do the same and you get notifications on all these other platforms, it comes through to your phone. On me, for mine, it's my iPhone, and it comes through on your screen. In particular, the WhatsApp, uh, it's the same as the other ones with the same technology that pushes the notifications to your screen when it's locked. So you get to see what's there, but it's not counted as a notification at all. I know that for a fact on WhatsApp, and I know that they use very similar sort of algorithms to each other. So all of the social media platforms potentially, I mean, I do this with Twitter all the time, so that just tells me that I'm not really uh, giving my data out to anyone, but I am following so these people have got no idea I'm watching their tweets, but I am, which is great. Uh, it's a bit of a, an anonymity sort of hack, I suppose, but it was totally unintentional. But it's interesting to see that, that fact that it works like that um, with WhatsApp. So you have to actually get in the app for them to understand that, oh, yeah, you've read it. And I think that with social media, there is a lot of fuzz and with that, for me, is it's the same as me going online and always looking at stuff. And in particular, if I'm if I'm there for work purposes, then I just see what's at the top, and I don't really scroll down. And it depends on if that's part of the strategy to uh, engage or not. But if you notice, if you do just stop and skip and don't post anything, then what you'll see is uh, from time to time you'll see others who have done um, these things where they don't post for a while, but then Twitter itself tells you, oh, this person has not tweeted in a while. So it's interesting to see that now, because you did, because they've not tweeted, Twitter tells you, look, this person's not tweeted, and now they have. They've not done it in a while. And it's really interesting to understand that, really, because that's the crux of what, what I'm suggesting as a slight hack. So, just for a moment, why don't we try it? Um, my suggestion is that you do um, the thing that I mentioned earlier, which is to miss a tweet, um, but at, not at three o'clock. So, if you miss one in the morning or you do one a bit earlier, at seven o'clock, you get a slightly different demographic. And actually, you, you do tend to get an interesting thing happen there. And I'm talking specifically about Twitter, but you could try it with the other platforms. I think this probably applies less for LinkedIn. 
because LinkedIn has a different way of uh, holding things to account like that. And I think if you were to try it with any social media platform, I mean, Instagram is a definite as well for this, you would then see yourself sort of sacrifice and not do anything, but then the fact that you've come back almost gives people that, oh, wait a minute. Now, that's me making a suggestion based on Twitter because most people have figured out it's a live stream of stuff, so you have to tweet often. But, for example, for Instagram, I'm saying it does work, but the time frame is different. So you would do it every week and then not do it. And I've done this personally um, on a personal thing. As well. I have tried it with um, in the arts as well. And it's really interesting because what you do is you sort of think ahead and think, I'm going to do a little project, and you go off-grid. You just don't do anything for about a week or two. And then you go, right. And that's a real challenge for an organisation to understand because most people don't. If it's in your job description, you're expected to do a job, so that means you have to do the tweets almost or do the social media and Instagram posts because that's your job. But if you had project and you planned these bits and your planning was to do it and it took you a week to do you wouldn't post for that week but actually that lack that people don't know that you're not there but when you then appear that's when they know that you disappeared so they would then receive that with a oh they're back again I've not heard of him for a while because the fact is that you've not been there for a while. So psychologically, your audience notices that you're back. Your audience does not notice that you've missed the odd tweet here and there or the odd post or whatever it is. But when you leave a gap and then you come back and then if you do it really uh, regularly, like for Instagram, I did these um, a flurry of cooking sessions every evening between five and seven I would sit down to eat and I, that's when my picture would be posted so I would cook and do that and that's an example for something I've done personally recently because I noticed that it go on Instagram um, and I tend to do Facebook less and the people that post a lot um, tend to post on all of the platforms which is great but also a bit dull uh, and I want a different side of them and I think I have different facets that I use for different personal and business uses um, because I understand different media has different reasons for being there and different audiences. So use that to your advantage. And when I disappeared and then every week or every day, sorry, on Instagram I was doing posts, I got more and more interest, more and more likes. So overall, I was seeing people go, oh, yeah, I've done this. And then I'd just do the same and i just stopped. But food is easy because it's seasonal. So actually, you could run campaigns that, are, in theory, this is my suggestion to you, campaigns that are far more successful if they're not just constant 365 days, like constant posting, posting, how often you do it, however often you do it. But to do them as projects and leave small gaps between them means you're hitting people psychologically to say look we're here now this is our agenda and then to keep them up to date and it, it's a lot like thinking you're switching your mentality from daily routine daily cons or 
weekly, whatever your posting content is. Um, and it's changing that mindset to almost like, and the best similarity I've got, apologies for this, if you don't like it, but it's a lot like uh, watching and streaming something on TV. You tend to binge watch. So you don't want to anymore. Uh, you don't want to watch an episode anymore. You want to watch all of them. But sometimes you don't have a choice and you do yourself stretch yourself. So you watch one too. And social media is a little bit like that because people actually do want um, a steady bit of, okay, we're watching this and watching this. And then for it to stop and then for it to start up as season two as a separate project, that's actually quite an interesting way of doing it. And whether you like what I'm saying or not, the basics of what I'm saying is the very simple message is stop and wake up and look at your analytics and your facts. Look at what you're doing and how you're doing it and be very objective about how successful it is. But consider the fact that when you send emails out as email marketing campaigns, you do A and B testing. And you cannot hide from the fact that A and B testing works for email marketing. So why is it that no one else has thought about doing the same thing for social media? And your organization could be the first one that does this. Nobody will tell you that literally what I've said, which is do A and B testing for social media, because people haven't really invented this yet. But I have, and I've been practicing it for some time. Don't just be dull and do the same thing. Play with your social media because you won't know what your real analytics, what your real audience is, unless if you stop to evaluate. Don't just stop and evaluate, but change things a little because when you change things a little, you'll understand. And it's really simple because another way of putting it is, coming back to Twitter, if you have a post that you always periodically put out because it's popular to put it out at 3 o'clock, so I'm going to post it at three o'clock. So you've got your morning and your afternoon and your, you've got your three o'clock post. And then I know that you would think, oh, I'll do it at ten past or five past. And that's all right. That's not so bad. But everyone knows, or at least I know, that you've done it at three o'clock. And when I look at that performance, I am quite smart. And I don't know about others, but I feel like people that use social media and technology might be quite savvy and see, yeah, they're periodically just updating that. So you're not, you can be as human as you want, but you are not being human because you're not posting in a human fashion. A human fashion would be one minute after three o'clock. That shows that someone's doing it regularly and on the job, but they're doing it manually maybe. So the psychology completely changes because now I trust that brand more than the one that always posts at three o'clock. But there's one more brand that will always win. And it's the one that does it at 4.30 and then at 4 o'clock and then at 3 o'clock because you're changing things up. And between them, you'll be able to then figure out how they work, how your audience engages and soaks up media. And you might find that they're more engaging at 4 o'clock. Your success might be maybe 10,000 or so likes and shares. But by changing it, you're never going to change it. But if you take the step, then you might see it go down to 10. 
And then you'll know that's really bad. How do you know if something's successful? Unless if you've done that A and B testing similar to email marketing. The answer is that you don't. You don't know unless if you've tried it. So social media should always be an evolution and never be afraid to take, I would say never be afraid to take bold steps and change things. But I'm not suggesting that you change drastically and suggesting you make modifications that are already stretching outside of the boundaries of what digital technology companies and marketing people are already doing. They're all doing some of this stuff, varying the times, but I don't think any of them are varying it to the extent of half an hour, an hour outside, uh, or even stopping their platforms. But by doing that, you're playing with your audience's psychology because you're able to kind of go, oh, we're here, or we're doing that. And I think if you think about it, TV shows do it all the time because they're not on air all the time. Love Island, I mean, that's not on all the time. But when it comes on, everyone's listening because it's new, it's current, and then it goes away. And then when it's new and it's current, it's there. If you want to be new and current on your social media, if you want people to tune in, I'm afraid you have to shake things up a little bit. You have to try something different. And then you can report back that you've made changes and they were not a success, which means what you were doing before was a success. And therefore you're doing this. What this also does for you is it allows for you to have a successful member of staff become successful and then say they want to move on and get employed somewhere else. And then when you recruit the new person, they're allowed to make a mistake. You can show them the analytics, you can expect something of them, but they don't have to be amazing because in that first week or that first month, whatever that initial period of handover is, you can outline that you do that and then there should be some growth. Within that month, there will be growth for that person because they have to, they have to do it and then get roughly what's there and then get it right again. But if you're already in the job, then you're going to have to shake things up a fair bit to get it right and to really develop that brand somewhat. So that's the end of the podcast. Um, I hope something I said made sense. I know I kind of went on a little bit, but people say I'm good at talking, so what do I do? Run a podcast. If you do love the podcast, please do subscribe, thumbs up, shareable, make it something where you can share and you can put a twist on it. Uh, Maybe send me a tweet even and tell me how much you love it or hate it. And you can tweet me at tea and toast, what you drink and eat. And, uh, well, if if it's time for tea, then grab yourself a cup of tea. You deserve it. Thank you very much. Uh, Until next time. Welcome to Tim Podcast.